Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika. And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com. So, AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose. And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So, welcome and enjoy. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm Muhammad West. And you are listening to AccidentalMuslims.com Assalamu alaikum AccidentalMuslims.com fans and podcast listeners Welcome back to the podcast And Zaid Yes, now alhamdulillah Shukran podcasters, listeners Alhamdulillah, very excited for today's show Someone who grabbed my attention first I think it's Burrano Masjid If I remember up on Law Market Street Yes First time I saw a, a sheikh using screens And if I, I don't know, it was PowerPoints I don't know what it was But um, always wanted to come talk to you about it But uh, I, I don't often go to Juma there But uh, the one or twice that uh, I have been there that, that has caught my eye So I don't know who initiated But this podcast to find out who initiated that idea uh, Sheikh Muhammad West Thank you for accepting our invitation, Sheikh Jazakallah khair Thank you so much for having me I'm, I'm also excited uh, And hopefully getting you more at Quran and Islam after this Alhamdulillah <laughs> 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 But far off the way But okay, we will, we will try <laughs> So the first question we usually ask our guests is who is in this case who is Muhammad West? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alamin. Wa salatu wa salam ala shalafil mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. As I said, you know, I'm Muhammad West. I'm 32 years old. Alhamdulillah, my my parents both teachers. So I hail actually from you know if you ask where am I where am I from it's a very deep question because I don't really know where I'm from. Originally from Paul. Most of my family is from Paul. My parents, we, uh, they, they moved to Saudi Arabia when I was quite young. So I spent most of my youth growing up in Jeddah. Uh, most of my schooling was done there. Then I came back to finish up matric here at Islamia, the wonderful Islamia College. Um, Allah bless the school. Um, and then I did one year or so uh, of, of, of business science at UCT. Uh, and then Alhamdulillah, I got an opportunity to study at, um, at Medina University. Mm. So um, right now, alhamdulillah, I'm a, uh, an imam at a masjid, um, work as an accountant at Woolworths, uh, father, husband. Um, so I just try to do a little bit of everything. So it depends who you ask. Um, who, what, what, who is Muhammad West? Just a, a very, very tired guy <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to get some sleep. But uh, alhamdulillah, um, that's basically who I am. Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. You mentioned uh, Medina University, UCT. Um, when you made that decision to go to Medina University, you spoke to me earlier, you said that you were doing business science at the time. Was it an easy decision for you? No-brainer or was it some... Uh, so, so I applied for, for a number of things. Um, I applied for like dentistry at, at UW's um, uh, medicine at Stellenbosch and business science at, 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 at UCT and at Medina. Uh, and so... I, I was uh, everything interested me. Uh, Alhamdulillah, got into. I mean, uh, I decided to go to business science. I think I have a lot of friends that studied with me, so that was sort of the the, the decision was go where your friends were. Uh, <laughs> and, and that first year campus was perhaps you know of the you know, the best years of your life with your friends. But then Alhamdulillah, I mean, I got that offer from Medina. I said, come, um, you've got, you've applied to Medina, you've been accepted, and I you know initially I didn't want to go, but I thought this is something I'm always going to regret. I need to give it a try. You know, campus is lovely. Yeah, UCT is a lovely place, but I need to give it a go. So I thought one year, just do Arabic, come back with a diploma in Arabic, and you you can you know it's, it's a gap year. Yeah. Um, and that gap year turned to five. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, I, when I actually got into the Islamic sciences, 
Um, I loved it so much. I enjoyed, uh, you know, being able to understand things now, being able to actually listen to a khutbah and, and, and have it, to have an opinion, an informed opinion, um, to take your deen from, you know, from the sources and not sort of be dependent on others for your deen. And at the same time, alhamdulillah, uh, you, you know, Yunisa was, uh, and Allah's was, was really good to me. I mean, Yunisa was available for me to continue my accounting studies. So I didn't lose out on that. So uh, I just continued with that. Alhamdulillah, after five, six years, managed to, to qualify in both. So you said you were tired, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alhamdulillah, okay. I, I, you know, I, I look like the help, but I feel like Superman <laughs> sometimes, you know, like having to, to rush out to, you know, you have your, yeah. your, your, your corporate clothing and then you've got a janazah, then you're rushing up and down. So Alhamdulillah, that's, alhamdulillah. that's, that's uh, my I, life. I think what's, uh, what's uh, quite relevant uh, or resonate with our audience is a lot of young professionals, you know, um, they're becoming young parents, uh, yes. professionals. Uh, some obviously uh, have imam duties. Some have duties at uh, some NGO or a relief yes. organization. Yes. How does Muhammad West find balance amongst all these roles of Muhammad West? How do you find balance? It's, yeah. it's, it's, Can it's, you it's find a, it? <laughs> it's a very difficult thing, and and I think um, sadly, usually you know, family takes the the short end of the stick yeah. here. And I need that, you know, my wife, alhamdulillah, you know, she's a very understanding woman. Um, you know, she's, um, I, have th- I have three kids and they're quite young. I didn't space them out as well. I seem to do everything on, on, on extreme level. Um, and uh, so she's, she's really been the rock there and, and, and assisted me. But I mean, she needs to, daily she'll tell me, okay, I know whatever's happening. It's a crisis. It's always a crisis, but the phone needs to go down. You need to put your kids to bed. You need to read to them a story. You need to, and that's, that's very good. So I need to, um, you know, I have to look. For balance, I also have a wonderful boss, um, so he also knows that you know I've got the side life going on. So when things are are, are, are busy at work, okay, it's work time. Yeah. When things are but relaxed, go on and do the things you need to do. Um, and again, also the masjid is so accommodating. Uh, this past month, basically, I've been traveling around the world, and they were like, "Don't you worry, the masjid will, will be here when you get back. You just do your, your job." So I think I'm just very blessed with the wonderful people in my life that have supported me to find the balance. Awesome. awesome. In hindsight, even look back. Um, let's say we go back to high school. Did you always know you're going to be a CA and working at corporate and in charge of a masjid? <laughs> no, never. I, I don't think I ever saw myself uh, uh, in that. You know, uh, it was, look, alhamdulillah, my, my parents being teachers, they always pushed, you know, academics. You know, you have to work hard. Whatever you do, give it your best, work hard. Um, you know, life is tough. You have to provide for your family. Uh, alhamdulillah, you know, I was gifted at school, so... It was. I wasn't even sure if I was going to go into, you know, business or accounting. It was uh, to the very last. It was between medicine and Stellenbosch and accounting. I think at the end of the day, my friends just pushed me <laughs> over the line. Um, so you know, I just take things. I guess projects as they pop up. As it sounds interesting, do I have time for it? I give my all in it, and that's a new journey that takes me on. So a lot of it is not not that much planning that goes into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. Indeed, you then also have involvement in, uh, in the Alcohol Institute. Yes, yes, yes. So how, how did that develop, and how, how does that dynamic add to your your already busy schedule? <laughs> <laughs> so Alhamdulillah, Alcohol um, is an organization that basically uh, does Islamic lectures for I'd say your your you know your post high school um, working people uh, and older. You'd wanna you wanna do a course on zakah, for example. You can't go to an ulum to study six months. You can't attend weekly classes. So it's a weekend course, intensive. Mm-hmm. Give us two days, and that's that's what it is. So Alhamdulillah, the Al Kauthar came to Cape Town a few years ago. I, I assisted, um, uh, you know, in, in, in helping to to with the brothers. I, mean, I was a very short, small part in that, but setting up Al Kauthar in Cape Town. 
And then one of our co-third instructors, you know, he had a family crisis and I had to step in to teach one of the courses. And from there, alhamdulillah, I became an instructor. Uh, I was able to write a course of my own now that has been traveling, teaching it across the world uh, on, on feminism and Islam. So uh, alhamdulillah, that's just a new thing on, on, on the radar as well. And again, just taking it one month at a time when, when I'm available to teach, alhamdulillah, I'm available. If not, and then, uh, you know, next time, inshallah. So that's how we, we go with our Kothar, alhamdulillah. Yeah, one thing that I do like about our Kothar's courses is uh, I find that the content is very relevant uh, to, like you said, that after high school crowd, yes. young professional crowd. Uh, how much time goes into trying, you guys kind of work on a method to say, you know, we need to get it tailored for that relevant crowd, basically. So, I mean, I, and I, I guess you guys can relate, you know, from the outside, it looks like this, ma- this perfect machinery, right? well oiled <laughs> machine, and behind the scenes, it's held together by, you know, duct tape, whatever. So, it's, it's uh, you know, a, another group of, of brothers across the world, uh, you know, a, a brother Farid in Australia is, 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 a, is a lecturer. So, you know, course material will go there, and there'll be a back and forth between the instructor and, and you know, a panel of people to say, um, well, this will be interesting, this wouldn't be interesting, change the flow. Um, and at the end of the day, you, as, a, as an instructor, you've got like a carte blanche in terms of what you feel is relevant, but you have to bring something. Um, I mean, if you're going, if, you, if we're bringing you all across, halfway across the world to teach something, it must be something maybe a bit different to what you get from your local masjid. Mm. So um, that is important. The knowledge is there, but it's, it's making it relevant for our time and the place and the context of, of, of where you know, Islam in Australia, different to South Africa, different to Canada. Mm. So it's, it's about uh, making it relevant for, for the audience. Awesome. How would you describe Muhammad West in three words? <laughs> That's a very tough one. I don't think that was all the questions you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys asked me. Um, <laughs> me too, surprise, surprise. Yeah, um, Tired, <laughs> happy, grateful. Oh, wow. yeah. So maybe we, we, we ask him that question. What is Muhammad West most grateful for today as you're sitting here, besides being on this podcast? <laughs> that was going to be my answer. <laughs> uh, 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 and Alhamdulillah, obviously, as Muslims, the, the, you know, just the, the, the being part of this ummah, and uh, even though it's, 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 it's you know, pushing, trying to do things for the ummah, for the deen, is difficult. Alhamdulillah, we, we're fortunate in that we, we have this burden. But again, the thing, if I look at, you know, in your life, the things that is most precious to you are the people in your life. Your, your kids, your parents, your spouse, um, your friends. Um, no matter, I mean, life gets tough. And no amount of money or material things will make you happy. Just say, having a conversation with the people you love. That's the real things that you know the blessing, the biggest blessing that one can one has in, in your life. Sure, do you? What's your definition of success? Definition of success. I think you only get to answer that question, you know, the moments before you die. In terms of what have I left behind? Uh, you know, when you look at, alhamdulillah, a favorite topic of mine is to discuss heroes of Islam, people that have done amazing things. And not once is it he had such a big bank balance or he owned so many cars or camels, whatever it might be. It was about his, um, you know, the contribution that he left behind. So, uh, you know, in a couple of days, I'm going to present to one guru, to a crowd in Australia. And I, and I, was, ta- and I was saying, you know, I was so shocked. I went to Australia and I experienced, uh, you know, Islam is still getting its footing in there. It's still seen as alien. And I come back to Cape Town and a collage of welcome to Cape Town. You've got Table Mountain, you've got the two oceans, you've got the Klopsa, and you've got the Minarat. I think it's Puranul's Minarat. So it's like, welcome, this is our culture. And I think, you know, Subhanallah Tuman Guru, when he came here as a slave, I mean, as a, as a political exile to 
the end of the world, a hell on earth basically for him. He started a madrasa, he started a masjid. I mean, 200 years later, 250 years later, this is the that success. Fruits, sure. That's the fruits. We, we enjoy. So he planted that seed. Mm. He never got to see the benefits. I mean, he, mm. he, he lost his home, his family. And here we've, we live in one of the best Muslim minorities on earth. Mm. And that is success. Mm. Yeah, that for me. I, so, I mean, you don't know what little contributions you make has a big profound effect later on in, in life. Uh, in, not even in your life, in other people's lives. Yeah, that's true. What encourages you about our youth? How, how do we see them in a positive light? The, the energy, mm-hmm. the ingenuity, if it's applied in the right way. I mean, they're mm-hmm. very smart at doing mm-hmm. things and yeah, yeah, yeah. getting away with things and catching up. Like, you know, a certain mischief they'll capture. And you think, how did you even think of this? Where, <laughs> where does this, uh, you know, this, this, this genius come from? And, and subhanAllah, it, it's that. Uh, that's what, what it, it means to be young. Energy, um, uh, thinking outside of the box. And if it's unharnessed correctly, it's going to be honest incorrectly. So... For our youth, I think if, if it's 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 a raw energy and energy, if not channel uh, channeled correctly, it's gonna go haywire. And a, a good example, I mean, when the Prophet uh, you know, when he liberated Mecca, uh, Bilal gave the adhan, you know, on the Kaaba, and a bunch of youngsters heard Bilal giving adhan, and they started, you know, jokingly mocking Bilal, you know, pulling their voices and making funny sounds. So the Prophet heard them, them. So he came to them and he asked, "Who was that?" Uh, everyone's quiet, right? No one's the big man now. Yeah. And he teased them one by one and said, no, not you, not you. And he said, ah, you the guy that was teasing Bilal. He said, you've got a good voice. Let me teach you the Adhan and I'm going to make you the Mu'adhin. So when the Prophet left and Bilal left, that young man became the Mu'adhin of the Haram of Makkah. Oh, wow. And he continued to do that. So the Prophet took this energy that he saw and said, let me channel it in a positive way. Of course, that guy took such great pride that I'm the Mu'adhin five times a day. He's in the, in, in the Haram on the Kaaba giving Adhan. Oh, wow. Alhamdulillah. I guess that's the brilliance we need to, you know, as teachers, leaders, we need to... But that teaches us as well, uh, or teaches the older generation, is the way we approach the youngsters as well. We can either come with a hard stick and break it, and they'll be forever shunned from the masjid or from doing something positive, or we can use that mischievous skill, harness it, the way we mentor them, to channel it. That's important for, for contributing to society and community as a whole. SubhanAllah, uh, Amazing. Beautiful story about uh, and uh, you don't know the name of that Sahaba. Yeah. It's a very uh, tricky name. I'll find it for you. Uh, I keep on checking and I have to revise that. It, it's, it's not a unique. It, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very unique name. I haven't heard it before. A beautiful so story. Check that, lovely to know. I'll check the, the name of, the, of that young Sahaba. We're talking about stories. I mean, you said you also teach about the heroes of Islam. And that's a difficult question. If you had to choose between, <laughs> between <laughs> the story of the Sahaba. What what really what story inspires you? Ah, it's it's, it's a tough one. It um, <clears throat> is of Islam, so uh, I said I enjoy telling the stories, mm-hmm. and and I think um, different different characters you you pull different things mm-hmm. from it, and uh, some stories are more exciting than others. Uh, some you, you know you hear the stories of the scholars, but what mm-hmm. you realize in Islam to contribute to the deen, you don't have to be an Ali Mashaykh. You also need you know, doctors, lawyers, you need builders, you need different types of people. And in each field, you had you know, warriors, generals, great great people. Umar bin Abdul Aziz, great caliphs of Islam. Um, of the four imams, Abu Hanifa, I mean, what I, what I love about Abu Hanifa's story is that he started so late. You know, in, in anything, if you want to be professional, you want to be the best, you start as young. And that's where many of the former imams, they started as little kids memorizing Quran. Abu Hanifa was just an ordinary businessman you know, in his late tw- early 20s. Someone bumps into him and says, one of the scholars bumps into him and says, you have the look of a scholar in you. 
you know, if you just go and study, I think some goodness will come from mm-hmm. you. So he said, okay, fine. I'll go and visit one of the khalaqas. He said there, a lady came to him and asked him a question on talaq, a very simple question, but he couldn't answer the question. So he said, no, that's the sheikh over there. And he was quite keen on knowing, well, I also want to know what the answer is. And he waited and he listened to the sheikh to answer the question. And he sat on that carpet basically for the next 15 years. And I mean, the first of the four great imams, I mean, start the first real structured madhab. Uh, uh, imam Shafi was um, was a student of he, or um, Imam Shafi, not directly, but benefited Imam Malik was a contemporary. Imam Ahmad is a student of Imam Shafi. So this this link of, you know, from this great, great scholar. Uh, you have other great uh, uh, heroes of Islam. I mean, scientists, one scientist, you know, uh, defamed madness for like uh, 10 years, locked up in a prison, in an asylum. And in that darkness, he understood how light works. The father of optics, Ibn Haytham. What is your favorite Quranic verse? Given that Ramadan is this month of Quran, uh, and I know you, uh, sometimes it's unfair to ask the scholars, especially because they spend a lot of time with, with, with Quran, but is a particular ayah that, that, that grabs you? I think, alhamdulillah, the first that I actually enjoy the most uh, is in Surah Rum, verse, verse 21. It's the verse of love. I've done this verse so many times for every, it's basically my standard nikah talk. When someone comes and when I get married, I ask them, do you understand the nikah talk? Or you have something specific? They say, no, the standard nikah talk. It's fine. Well, Allah basically says, that of his signs, of the evidences that he exists, that he created for you partners. He created you basically in pairs. Um, that you may find tranquility in one another. And that he is the one that places between you mawadda, which is basically deep, passionate love. And Rahmah. And in this little verse, in this ayah, Allah is talking about the basis of a marriage. That partners come together. The first thing is to find tranquility. Sakina. You take away the stress, the burden. And then Allah says the secret, basically, that extra ingredient is himself. He is the one that places love and mercy. And why do we need mercy? Isn't love enough? Because, you know, love, as the ulama say, comes from the... The good qualities that you admire in your partner, the way she cooks, the way he looks, whatever it might be. But everyone has negative sides. And at the worst, we should have mercy. In the worst and the ugliest we are in our marriages, there should be respect and mercy. So for me, Alhamdulillah, this is a, this is a wonderful, wonderful verse uh, that is applicable daily in, in our lives. And I think every husband, myself, every wife, you should ask, am I, am I taking away from the, the, the stress of my spouse? Am I in love with my spouse? If not, then I should have at least respect and care and not, if not for your partner for the sake of Allah so say I'm, I'm making this biryani not for you but for Allah, Allah. <laughs> I'm buying this rose not for you but for Allah <laughs> you know what I love about that verse is um, 11 years ago that verse had no relevance to me really. <laughs> but that's what the beauty of Quran is that I go through your different stages like the Quran just various verses just become so much more relevant once yes. you get married once you have children etc etc absolutely and, and that's the I think plays its part in Keeping this Quran, um, uh, I'm not saying Quran is relevant. I don't miss, uh, take what I'm going to say. Is it just makes this Quran ever living, continuous, yes. and that's why I, I always tell uh, people that's amongst the miracles of Quran is yes. it was relevant back then and will be relevant today as well. Subhanallah. Yeah. What, what does Ramadan like you for you growing up? Like, did you grow up? So, I, I, I said I grew up most of my life in, in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. So, Ramadan in Saudi was most of the, most of the time was holiday. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of sleeping in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, not a lot of family because you just, you know, not a, not a big community focus or and not, not a lot of family. So, the best times would be when your family came up for Umrah. 
I think, you know, being at the Haram with my grandparents, breaking your fast just outside the Haram. Sure. Um, that was perhaps one of my best childhood memories. Um, you know, you buy whatever donuts from Dunkin' Donuts, whatever it might be, and, and you're just waiting for that line to go off there in Makkah. So that's probably one of the best memories as, from my childhood. Uh, as a student, alhamdulillah, we, you know, the Medina, South Africa, there's an organization called the South Africa Medina Students Association. And they actually had a sufra. They had in the Haram of Medina, they had a little, uh, you know, iftar table. Mm. And hajis would come and we would make, you know, tea for them. And it was it was really great getting to meet the Fulmajah. So they would know this is where the South African students mm-hmm. table is. And that, so that was also a, a very great experience, alhamdulillah, growing up. So, so, so I just want to compare you. So you, you came here. How was your experience coming to South Africa experience? Ah. So obviously coming to South Africa, uh, I've, you know, married and, mm-hmm. and spending time with my wife. Uh, and, and, and family, that's, that's obviously the, the best thing about Ramadan, I guess, is, is sharing it with, 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 with family. But because, you know, I, the masjid is in town and I work in town, it's just been impossible for me to get home. So I have iftar now at the masjid and that in itself is, is a new family. Um, a lot of the people in the area are students studying English now. So the Saudis and mm. different, it's like all the different nationalities around this iftar table and and uh, you know i must uh, apologies to my wife here but i think they spoil me so much at the, at the masjid <laughs> i get you know every kind of liquor <laughs> yeah. at the at that buka table they in the book up and the book up is is something else <laughs> so uh i mean it's it's it's, 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 a, it's a wonderful feeling breaking iftar every night in the masjid with with you know different people so what's your favorite snack <laughs> you know, well, on this buka table take us to that buka table which one do you grab first <laughs> in my family there's two teams it's the soup team and the buba team i think i'm on the buba team oh, okay although okay. I'm, I'm i'm the the, the soup with the dalchi is winning me over now oh, okay. i think i'm, okay. I'm getting there so is that uh, your wife's family's influence uh, or what? <laughs> <laughs> actually my wife she just she asked me what do you want I'm like, anything it's like, <laughs> make something she's a tomato sandwich Okay, so if we look at the first Jews, I'm not to do going to a very deep yeah, analysis, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, surah Baqarah is, is a Madaniva surah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a full of laws. You usually expect a lot of laws, a lot of, you know, how to live as believers, because in addressing an, a, a, a believing people. Yet the first Jews of Surah Baqarah, not too many laws uh, 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 come from it, and it really sets up the basic um, theology of, of what it means to be on earth. Uh, it introduces the concepts, the, the broader concept of Islam. Allah begins by talking about three different groups of people. Those of taqwa were successful, those who've rejected and nothing you do will bring them to guidance and those basically in between, struggling. And then Allah, uh, and my favorite story of, of, of Surah Baqarah is the story of Nabi Adam. So you know, the first story of the Quran is actually the story where Allah says to the angels, I'm going to place on this earth a Khalifa of mine, a representative of mine. The angels say, really? Why would you do this? People, we've been through this before. We've seen them kill one another. Why would you do this? And Allah says, I know something about them that you don't know. And then obviously the creation of Adam. And and one takeaway thing, when the angels are asked, told to make sujood to Nabi Adam, it's why? Not because he's made of something better than them. In fact, even Iblis is made of something better than us. He's made of fire, he's better than dirt. It's because Nabi Adam has knowledge. Allah taught Nabi Adam something. The angels couldn't, didn't have that knowledge. And it's on that knowledge that they were made to sujood. So Allah is already teaching us a principle. That knowledge will always elevate you. Learning will always raise you up. Whether it's in the secular field or the, the dean field, you know. Um, we always look at the professor, the doctor, the one with the PhD. The countries with the most 
universities and libraries are always stronger. Allah says it's like a principle in the universe. Knowledge is power. Knowledge will lead to success. So that's, that's a, a massive takeaway. So Allah introduces, you know, the purpose of life. Uh, you're going to sin, you're going to make mistakes, but there will be guidance. And then Allah speaks about the Bani Israel in detail. And the surah is a lot about their, their history and the mistakes they've made along the way. Um, you know, not listening to the guidance, uh, choosing, um, you know, wealth over one another, fighting with one another, um, their scholars corrupting the message, um, ignorance. So, and all those faults are really reflective to us as a community. So, uh, this is the setup, basically, uh, the first juice of, of, of Surah Baqarah. So it introduces these broad themes, uh, and going forward into how to live as a Muslim, the rest of, of, of the Surah. And the, I think that if you have to pull up one ayah, it's the very first commandment of the Qur'an. So when Allah says about the three types of people, those who are successful, those who are in between, and those who are lost, then the first command Allah says, O mankind, worship your Lord who created you. And that is ultimately what this thing is about. La ilaha illallah, none worthy of worship except Allah. And that it's amazing, the congruency of the Qur'an. Um, you look at it from a whole and then you zoom in. And subhanAllah, that for me stands out. Tell me, Sheikh, what's the, what's the biggest lesson you've learned from your studies? Be it Accounts, Quran, but let's say Ramadan, so we, we focus on, on, on maybe your, your Islamic studies. What's the biggest lesson you've taken out of actually learning, gaining that knowledge? Uh, SubhanAllah, I think it's it's about, again, obviously, you, the more you learn, the more you learn how much you don't know mm. and, and how much, how enjoyable it is to know. Yes, learning is not easy, it's mm. difficult. It's a th- But the achievement, the accomplishment of actually being informed is priceless. And I mean, that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is valuing knowledge so much. If, you know, think about this, they say, you know, every blessing on that you have, it, it comes basically for free. You can be born a billionaire, you can be born with power, the son of a king or something, inherit, but no one will ever inherit knowledge for free. Knowledge comes as a trade-off. You're born with zero knowledge. And if you want to ascend, you know, the ladder of knowledge, what comes with effort? You can, your father can be Einstein and you will know nothing of physics. You start from zero. So, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not give God's knowledge, you know, very, you know, very strictly. It only comes with sacrifice. And and therefore, the journey, and it, that's why learning is a journey, it's not a destination. Knowledge is a journey. Uh, and that's the, the biggest lesson is, is to actually open a book, immerse yourself in it. It takes you to destinations you could never have. Your imagination can't even comprehend. Okay, what are your habits in Ramadan? Like, do, you, do you have certain rituals in Ramadan? So, uh, I mean, like most people, working people, especially in Ramadan, uh, for us, it's really a busy time. We're just trying to do everything. So you wake up quite early and we go to work and, you know, work is also a busy time during my, 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 my work. And then, of course, I've, you know, between, then I go to the masjid. So breakfast, spend time between Maghrib and Isha in the masjid. That's when I try to recite, you know, what I can, of, you know, for my own khatam and, and, and Quran. And then, of course, we have taraweeh, and then I have to do my presentation. So every night I do the lecture. And after I come home, spend time with the family, and I need to prep for tomorrow. And it's always a challenge trying to keep people uh, engaged. Because you're so tired after taraweeh to, to give a bayan, a lecture that is going to inspire you. So that is this thing that you know, I struggle with, uh, having to sit up at night, or oh, what lecture is going to work, what... Uh, what is going to be light, enjoyable, but also beneficial in, in like, you know, 10, 10, 20 minutes. So uh, that's basically my, but that's about, you know, when we get to the evening, that's it. There's nothing, no time for, just, you just put your head in your pillow and you're gone. You're gone yeah. anyway. Have you come across any inspiring stories uh, during whether you're in, your time with Dean, in Medina, you were mentioning how you guys to serve people, uh, the, 
the the Hujaj and, yes. and the, the visitors of Medina to uh, now as an imam and, and, and going around in the community any inspiring stories that has come out from Ramadan I think you, it, you know giving uh, you know making an EFT is lovely it's, it's, it's wonderful and, and the reward is full from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but I mean you know EFTing a thousand rand and actually sitting with someone and sharing a meal with someone is very different and that meal can be ten rand but the, to see, you know, someone actually bringing joy to someone's face, to actually getting to know that person, uh, there's so much more to it than, than just giving money. And I, and, I, and I get that from the masjid because a lot of people who don't have a place to break their fast will come to the masjid. Refugees, people that are struggling just to find a place to sleep. And you meet different characters. I met, I met, I met a guy that was traveling the world. He's, he's been to all of South America, North America, Africa. Uh, I mean, he's seen so many countries and he was, he just Googled. Masjid something and he popped up at Burano and he's fasting and he broke fast there so you meet all these lovely characters <laughs> along the way um, and I think just sharing a meal with somebody um, is, 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 is is a wonderful experience I mean it's something we should all try to do in Ramadan and not just give um, also the cookies is a new experience we didn't do it in Saudi too much you know seeing the cookies around is a wonderful wonderful cultural thing we should keep it up how important, especially we have a lot of youth listening to the podcast, how important is it to finish that khatam as fast as possible versus trying to, you know, read the Quran with reflection and, you know, pondering on the verses? So, look, the Ramadan is the month of the Quran and the idea is for you to, to build a relationship with the Quran. And like any relationship, um, uh, there's quantity this quality and you need to and for different people are different for some person for some people they might have a deeper relationship reciting it in english some might say i, I prefer listening to it um, and that's fine as well um someone i want to complete that's my objective 100 i mean i complete the full quran you know one khatam others would say no i want to recite and learn and wherever it takes me to the tafsir for example so it's 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 up it's it's each person's individual goals and i think it's it's about at the end of Ramadan, we should have a better appreciation for it. Take one learning from it. One, at least one thing new and that you, it stays with you after Ramadan. Um, tough, uh, but inshallah, mm. we, it's something that we need to push ourselves to do. What is your favorite dua? Is there, you know, there's lots of duas. In Ramadan, is there any particular dua you make or, or is there a general dua that's your favorite, that you, you, you go, your go-to dua, so to speak? So I'm 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 very much for um, not especially to us. I, I remind my congregation and, and, and you know family members, um, don't ask me to make a dua for you and don't struggle to say it in Arabic. Say the dua that you know that you always understands all languages. Also looking for that sincerity. So make dua in your language. So obviously in salah and after salah, the certain specific adhkar. But for me personally, when I'm on my own and I have the opportunity to do you know, do tahajjud or something like that. Then it's I, sp- it's, I speak in English to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I mean, I know, okay, you know, um, Amani's in school, she's starting school now, those are her challenges. Um, you know, Yakin is in, maybe if he's not well. Uh, so, you know, uh, what difficulties each one, each family member is going through, you ask for that. Uh, so that's what I, I, I do. And I think that's that's the essence of, in, in the ayat of Ramadan, Allah says, I'm near, so ask me. And then that's what we should be. Uh, one, of the, one of the connections you make in Ramadan is how close Allah is to you. You have a direct line to him, so ask, speak. How do you describe Ramadan to you? (laughs) Three words or four words, you go ahead. How do you describe Ramadan to you? If you want someone, a non-Muslim comes up to you, hey, Ramadan, 
describe it three words <laughs> you know uh, maybe i'm not going to answer it in three words yeah. but um you know the beginning of ramadan there's this challenge that also that you will have taqwa and it's also the beginning of surah baqarah that the successful people are people of taqwa what is this taqwa how do you explain it and obviously taqwa is through worshiping allah through doing ibadah to get closer and so how do we know we got it and i and i, and I mentioned this almost every ramadan when you on that 29th night and you're listening to the radio do they see the moon and part of you is like yes i'm excited for labaran tomorrow we eat mm. and then you also feel sad when they say you've seen the moon it's only mm. 29 and you actually feel sad and mm. and 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 an anonymous team will maybe tell you oh it's so good that ramadan is over and you just want to say no it's not we so sad that it's gone and that, that takbir that you make on eid is it's actually a sad takbir because it's gone and that that feeling that you know you've went through like such much so hard like you know you were starving you were tired you were standing for 20 rakats but you were happy and you you miss it you can't wait for it to come again that's a taste of taqwa we didn't get taqwa we tasted it and that is because you connected with allah and that for me is the best part of ramadan that you feel that that missing equals taqwa Connecting to our final beautiful, beautiful reminders here. Final I mean, let's say there's someone that's fasting for the first year, and you know today or tomorrow's or does the first or second day that they fasted, and it's really tough. What advice would you give that person? Ah, if if it's your first time, then you probably. Like what an eight-year-old, nine-year-old, seven-year-old, seven-year-old, young young even, boy or girl. Even the you know the river that's. Oh, the river! Yes, of course, the river. The purpose of uh, of one of well, there's many the reasons for to be fast, but one of the reasons is obviously to sympathize with those that fasting is not an option; it's not a choice. It's on the so when you are going through, and all of us have a bad day. We always step for. If uh, Suhoor, right? We've all been there, you know. <laughs> so when you're going through, and you know, as I said, Captain Ekwasaswa, you know, you're really struggling with it. Just think that there are millions of people that feel this constantly, and that is, if that doesn't encourage us to feed people, to to be more charitable, um, so that's the biggest thing, the motivation to actually feed people. No one should feel like this, especially when we have so much to share. Um, and that's why when we can't fast, we feed people as a fidya. Mm. Uh, fidya. Um, so, uh, yeah, alhamdulillah, I, mean, I must add this, that, you know, if you are, like, you know, an experience in Ramadan, it was really great last Ramadan, a bunch of youth in, in at Burano, um, and, and they did this thing, that a lot of people struggle to re- leave town, they leave a bit late and they get, mm. so we've actually, like, put up these posters, free dates, uh, and we hand out free dates in Beitengracht Street, mm. and some people look at you like you're handing out dates. Like, what are you talking about? You're taking me away. <laughs> but it's also the 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 how the you know the non-Muslims because they would look at you and you get to explain. You know, there are people fasting and just giving out a date, a title, and they're like, oh, okay, okay. Uh, so it's 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 again giving food to someone is is a wonderful kumal sadaqa. It's 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 a lovely feeling. Beautiful, beautiful. Sheikh, thank you once again for accepting our invitation. We Have wish fun. you and your family well over the Ramadan. Uh, keep us in your du'as. Uh, and uh, we, we make du'a that Allah blesses you and your family. Keep them healthy, safe. Amen. And um, yeah, keep spreading the good good work, alhamdulillah. We appreciate you.
coming this evening and sharing with us. I mean, Jazakallah, thank you so much for having me and uh, all the best for yourselves, your family as well, and all those who are listening. May we all have a blessed Ramadan 2018. May Allah accept all our ibadat and reward us in, in this dunya and the akhirah. And may Allah grant uh, accidental Muslims strength to strength, inshallah. Um, all, all the best for you guys in the future. Jazakallah yeah, for the invitation. Assalamu alaikum wa So, Sheikh, today is your last day. You're going to die. SubhanAllah. But you only have enough energy to say a few words. But would you tell us, tell us and tell your loved ones? La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's my last words, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, it's... Huh. Um, <clears throat> obviously, to my uh, my kids, uh, you know, subhanAllah, you, 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 to tell your kids just mm-hmm. to, to, to be steadfast on the Islam and to be confident, to be happy people, to be positive. You know, just to mm-hmm. uh, to continue life positively to my wife, you know, tell her I'll see you in Jannah. Inshallah, oh, don't inshallah. miss me. Just try not to miss me too much. <laughs> Make dua for me, <laughs> and I'll see you in Jannah. Oh, um, okay. I, I, subhanallah, I, I, I don't know what you tell a parent if if, if your parents tell your parents uh, um, except thank you. I mean, Allah reward you. Oh, Whatever yeah. what we are. The best of us are in our scales of our parents' good deeds. So, you know, we will be in these scales Allah. as the as the product of the of the efforts. And Allah reward all of them. Amen. So that's it for today's show. We hope you added value. We hope you enjoyed it. But most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us. And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.